This election season, you can expect to hear a lot of news, some of it meaningful, much of it not. Give the Up First podcast 15 minutes, sometimes a little less, and we'll help you sort it out what's going on around the world and at home. Three stories, 15 minutes, Up First every day. Listen every morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Dave Isay, founder of StoryCorps. This message comes from NPR sponsor Subaru, featuring the 2024 Outback Wilderness with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, higher ground clearance, and all-terrain tires. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness. Hey folks, just a heads up before we get started. This episode includes violence and homophobic language that might be upsetting. On July 31st, 2019, Monique Muffy Musso and her partner, Philippa de Leon, members of the Oglala Lakota Sioux Tribe, stood before the District Council of the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota, and they pleaded for help. You know, I didn't know how to come down here today. I was, I, I, I am scared. That's Muffy. I had all my tires shot out, all my windows busted out, faggot written on the side of my house. I called the cops. I said, are you going to do a report? They laughed. Nothing for protection. Not a single one of anybody stuck up for me. Don't hate me. Don't hate my wife. Our love is just like your love. Philippa also testified. I have a lot of friends in Wendigny District that are LGBT community. They just don't want to come out because they're afraid. This season, we've been looking at moments in history that have changed the direction of someone's life. But sometimes, we're the ones who have to make that history. This is a story about fighting for home, even when it's the hardest place to be, even when it would be easier to just run. I love each and every one of you, and I want you to take this back and tell at least five people what I've said tonight. I do love this place, and I do want to be here. I never wanted to leave. It's the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. I'm Camila Kashani. Back in 2005, Muffy was working as a tribal police officer. Philippa was a teacher. They met one night when Muffy went out for a drink in Rapid City, which was off the reservation. The bar she ended up in was loud and crowded, and Philippa was there. What I remember is seeing you and just falling head over heels in love with you. So I went over and I gave you my car keys and told you you was driving me home. <laughs> It was totally black and white until I seen you that night. Everything became colorful and bright, like a lightning bolt. Yes. Did you think that we'd ever meet again? Yeah, I knew we were gonna. <laughs> there was no doubt about that. Why? Because I had a, a few of your items that I took from that night. <laughs> you know, you were my first female relationship, and... I didn't care what people said. I didn't care what anybody thought. You were the one that I wanted to be with the rest of my life. But it was scary because 
I seen how people reacted to same-sex couples. Was there ever a moment where you thought about hiding our relationship to make life easier? I kind of wanted to for a bit. You know, a lot of my friends pulled away from me. So I guess I can't say they were my friends. And when I first met your parents, I was so scared. (laughs) I didn't know what to think. But your mom made me feel relaxed and she just started talking. She hugged me. Your dad gave me a hug. and, And then I was able to just be open with her. Yeah. My mom reassured us that if you're in love with this person, then I support that. She said, if you're going to be with somebody, why are you going to hide it? So you have to make that decision, you know, and, and I made it. Muffy and Philippa never hid their love, but that had consequences. After four years on the job as a tribal police officer, Muffy started getting harassed at work. Coworkers and supervisors started saying things, quietly at first, under their breath. And then the comments got louder. I got called into the chief of police, and he said, either be a police officer or be a faggot, and I chose to be a faggot. I chose to... Stand strong beside you. After Muffy left the force, the risk of violence grew. I was threatened that if I didn't get my faggot ass out of there, that my parents would be burned up while they slept in their home and that you would be raped every time I left to go to work. I never told you about that. You know, I I talked to my mom and I told her, you know, I can't have this come on to you. And my mom would always say, are you willing to die for her? And I would say, yes. She said, then that's who you need to be with. Around that time, Philippa had a teaching job off of the reservation, but things weren't any easier for her. I was working as a preschool teacher and we were having our family picnic. So you came up and, you know, I let him know that he was my girlfriend, not realizing what kind of effect that was going to have on my job. That Monday when I got back to work, I was called into the office by the director And he had advised me that I was no longer needed. I asked him why and what did I do? And my boss told me that it was unethical for someone like me to be working with children. Yeah. And you went into a big depression. You were asleep for... 12 to 16 to 18 hours a day. Uh, I mean, I was reaching and trying to make a smile come back on your face somehow. And and, and I always asked you, you know, what do you dream about, Filippo? And you said, oh, nobody's ever asked me that. I'm like, really? Shoot, man. You know, you're the only person in my life that said, 
what do you want to do? And I didn't know you was researching colleges for me. I asked you, let's just go somewhere else. Let's get away. Our freedom was more important than lying and hiding. So we packed our little car up and we left. They left the reservation, and then the state altogether. Felipe went back to school, and over the next six years, they started building a new life. And then on June 26, 2015, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down all state bans on same-sex marriage. Right after the law was passed, a group of gay couples paid for a group wedding ceremony and invited Muffy and Felipe. The location? Mount Rushmore. We got married in front of those four white men looking down on us. <laughs> I don't like that part, but that was my most favorite memory is when we both stood there and said, I do. <laughs> A lot of our support from deep in Indian country came. At our dinner before the marriage we thought just about 15 people would show up. We ended up having 80 people just flood that Chinese restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was mind-blowing to hurry and hawk some stuff so we could pay for that bill. <laughs> <laughs> but we did it. We did it. Yeah. We did it. A year passed. Muffy and Philippa had settled into their life in North Dakota. Philippa had graduated from college and was working as a director of a childcare facility. And Muffy was working security jobs. Then Muffy's parents came to visit. And her mother, Fern Big Owl Musso, had a request for her daughter. What do you remember when your mom asked you to come home? Stay with us. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Dignity Memorial. When we think about the people we love, it's not the big things we miss the most, it's the details. What memories will your loved ones cherish when you're gone? With Dignity Memorial, you can pre-plan your celebration of life now to protect your loved ones, because nobody should have to plan for a loss while they're experiencing one. Planning truly is one of the best gifts you can give your family. For additional information, visit DignityMemorial.com. Muffy's mother, Fern, had already been dealing with some health issues. She had a stroke some years earlier and was on dialysis three times a week. But when she came to visit in 2016, she told Muffy that her health had taken a turn for the worse. 
Fern understood the risks of them coming home, but she wanted to spend her final months with her children. My mom asked me to come back and watch her die. But my concern was uh, the threats. I told her, I said, I don't know if enough time has passed. And that really um, weighed on my mind. But I knew that was serious and I couldn't uh, let her down. It had been 10 years since they'd moved away. And in that time, little had changed. They were returning to a place where the hate and violence they'd experienced was still present, and their marriage wouldn't be recognized. That's because as sovereign nations, federal laws don't apply to tribes. While some tribal nations had already recognized same-sex marriage, the Oglala Sioux tribe hadn't. But remember, Muffy and Philippa never hid their relationship. So when they went back, they were getting calls from folks who saw them as a lifeline. People in the community were reaching out to them for help and advice, and they started to realize that it wasn't just about them. Do you remember those calls that were coming in? Uh, yes. All of these people telling me these traumas. When we were getting bashed, threatened, when we were being called faggot, there was nobody standing up except my dad and mom. Nobody wanted to talk about these issues. And my mom said, talk about them. And don't ever be afraid to be who you are. You know, she took some uh, diamonds and gold and she uh, infused them into my spine. And she made my backbone strong. It felt horrible. But I think it was the turning point to standing up. Once and for all. And I jumped off. Muffy started looking for someone who could help. Someone who knew the law and how to change it. She went straight to the Oglala Sioux Tribe's attorney general. And he vowed to take a stand with her. Turns out... He had lost a close friend who had taken his own life after coming out and being rejected by his parents. They drew up two bills, the first for marriage equality and then for hate crime protections. The next step was going in front of the tribal council to plead their case. It was so scary. Oh, talking in front of the tribal councils about everything that we've been through. We had to put ourselves out there. We have teenagers committing suicide, and nobody wants to protect them. Our youth are being bullied. Why is it that it takes me and my wife to have to come up here and cry to try to protect our youth? We have my main objective was to ensure that safety of our people to face something that made us leave. This is a human being law. It's given that protection to all human beings within the tribal membership of the Ogallala Lakota. This is something that our tribe has never had. Like Muffy said, there have never been laws protecting LGBTQ folks. 
But homophobia is a relatively new idea to a lot of tribal nations. Muffy and Philippa are both two-spirit women, which they describe as a person who embodies both feminine and masculine spirits. Before colonization and Christianity, two-spirit people were revered and embraced. Prior to pilgrims touching on this land, we were accepted. We are the sacred ones, the wawaka, sacredness, two-spirit of our people. After months of sharing their testimony, the council had to vote. We got to eight, you know, and then nine, yay, and another yay, and it was like 10 and 11. We were sitting there, and I'm like, holy shit. Oh, my God, this is going to pass. Yeah. And whereas the Ogallosu tribe is of the firm conviction that all persons, regardless of who they are or who they live, should be protected against the hate, abuse, and violence that might be directed towards them, the tribal council does hereby adopt the following hate crime ordinance to be added to the Ogallosu tribe. And when they passed... Oh, it was able to breathe again, and I felt proud. Yeah. But I got to tell you, Felipe, you know, when they went around the room and it unanimously passed, I was very scared. And all I wanted to do was get the hell out of there. I know everybody wanted to celebrate, you know, and you felt that. And I said, no, let's go. Yes. And do you remember that trip home? On our way home, in the middle of the road was a huge white owl. He waited until we hit, our lights got up to him, and then he flapped and flew. Yes. And then he went off, off out of the lights. Yeah. And then just up the road from there on the side was a white deer. With horns, big brown horns. Yeah. We've driven through there hundreds of times and not one time ever seen that ever again. The animal nation came mm-hmm. to yep. help. help us. They're letting us know that they were there. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom always said being Wolakota was one of the biggest ways of life. That's respecting not just people. That's respecting the earth, the insects, the animals, the air, the sky, the stars, the clouds, the atmosphere, the water, the ground, the dirt. She wanted me to remember that humility is a big part of that and having pity on not just yourself, but others, and remembering to live this way. She was telling me to have that courage to face that fear. In December 2019, just two months after seeing Muffy and Philippa make history, Fern Big Al Musso passed on. She was 75 years old. Muffy and Philippa's efforts helped pass both same-sex marriage legalization and the anti-hate crime bill within the Oglala Sioux tribe. Since then, they've gone on to help three other tribes within the Ocheti Shakoi, the Sioux Nation, pass the same legislation. And more are in the wings. We have our ancestors, and I think it's all of them 
that I walk this journey with. We're doing this for them, for our Teoshbae, for our families, for our communities. That's what gives me strength and hope to keep moving forward because I know we have a long ways to go yet. But as long as we're doing it together and it's me and you, I know that we're going to get there. That's all for this episode of the StoryCorps podcast. It was produced by Jay Bourne and Savannah Winchester and edited by Eleanor Vasily, who's our senior producer. Our associate producer is Max Young-Rice. Our technical director is Jarrett Floyd. Our fact checker is Erica Anderson. Michael Garofalo is our executive producer. And Jasmine Morris is our story consultant. Special thanks to Jocelyn Estes, South Dakota Public Broadcasting, and our partners for this podcast at Uniting Resilience and the Lakota People's Law Project. To see what music we use in the episode, go to storycore.org, where you can also check out original artwork by Lynn Lucia. For the StoryCorps podcast, I'm Camila Kashani. Catch you next week. Support for this podcast comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. How does the brain process memories? Why is AI a solution and a problem for our climate? What is leadership in 2025 and beyond? The TED Radio Hour explores the biggest questions and the most complicated ideas of our time with the world's greatest thinkers. Listen now to the TED Radio Hour from NPR. NPR's editorial independence and integrity is non-negotiable. It's the reason why so many listen to 1A's Friday News Roundup. You'll get analysis and insight from the world's best correspondents. Listen to 1A's Friday News Roundup, only from NPR. Listening to the news can feel like a journey. But the 1A podcast guides you beyond the headlines and cuts through the noise. Listen to 1A, where we celebrate your freedom to listen by getting to the heart of the story together. Only from NPR. NPR.